it in, does to Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! He got it! We are here to feel the Rockets News. This is Rockets Field Podcast. Of course, I'm your co-host, Rashard Binkley. You can always find me on Twitter X at Binkley Hoops, and you can find my written work over at SB Nation or the Dream Shake. And before we get into today's uh, player grades for the first half of the season, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. Uh, you can find me on Twitter X and also Instagram at Vader Sports for Rockets-related news and a little bit of Houston Texans. All right, Beta. So today we're going to be talking about player grades, even though we've technically already passed the first half of the season uh, several games ago. But really, it's uh, when the All-Star break starts and after the All-Star break, they really consider that the second half. So today we're going to be giving grades out uh, for everybody from Rafael Stone down to a couple of the main bench players like Amin and Cam. And uh, today I want to kind of start with, of course, with Rafael Stone. We saw him talk. Uh, maybe a week or so ago, he was talking about the trade deadline and kind of state of the team. And uh, no surprise, Rockets Twitter isn't exactly happy with Rafael Stone. That kind of just goes with the territory these days uh, when it comes to uh, talking about the front office. They kind of still are upset about how it, you know, it went the past three seasons. But really, we're giving grades on this past offseason and this season. And as Rafael kind of mentioned, like he doesn't have a lot to do with what goes on in the season besides the trade deadline. But we're going to give a grade kind of based off of the offseason and up until this point. So I want to uh, give you a chance to kind of give your grade first uh, on the job Rafael Stone has done uh, so far this season. All right. So I think the free agency where he brought in, uh, he brought in Jeff Green, he brought in Jack Landale. He, he brought in uh, Dylan Brooks. He brought in Trey Van Vliet. So there's some there's some mixed uh, there's some mixed grades there as far as like yeah. what he did in the off season. Uh, obviously, we lost Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, depending on if you want to blame that on Raphael Stone or not, I guess that just kind of depends on where you are on that situation. Um, but as far as um, Jack Landell has to be like that's that's not looking like a good signing right now. Obviously, uh, Jeff Green has played some 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 critical minutes, but I think he's probably played more than expectation. I think he was more brought in to be that veteran presence in the locker room. So I'm okay with that signing. It's just the fact that he's had to probably assume a role that he was not uh, intended to suit to to assume when he was when he was signed. And then obviously you have the Dylan Brooks and, and Fred Van Vliet who. I think have been good signings. Um, I think a lot of people were not happy about the signings initially, but then I think uh, when the Rockets got off to that that good start earlier in the season, um, I think you started seeing why um, Emi Adoka and, and why uh, Rafael Stone targeted those two guys. Um, since then, some injuries and things have taken place, and uh, the the Rockets are kind of on a skid right now. If you look at the from from record from a record perspective, and a lot of that does have to do with the fact that they're just not healthy right now. Uh, so overall, um, if we're just basing it on this past offseason, the guys he brought in, what he intended to do, they were trying to uh, set a culture and things of that nature. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a B, a B minus. Um, I think the Jock Landau signing has been, you know, objectively a disaster. Uh, he has not yeah. played very well at all. Uh, we still are in need of a backup center, and they tried to address that at the um, before the trade deadline. Are bringing in Stephen Adams, but obviously he can't play right now. That's a next year. That's a future uh, signing right there. 
And, you know, as of today, as we record this podcast, we still need a guy who can come in and, and relieve Alperen Shangoon, who's, in my opinion, starting to show wear and tear of the season. Um, yeah. Like he, his production has dropped. Um, and, and I don't know if it's just from fatigue or from injury. I know his back, uh, he tweaked his back a little bit. But, you know, having a guy who can come in and actually give him good minutes there and relieve Alperen Shangoon takes a lot of uh, the load off of him. So for me, uh, just and also we can't also um, not include the coach signing. Like he brought in Emi Yudoka, I think that was a yeah. good signing. The only other guy who I would have liked uh, other than Yudoka was probably Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse. Uh, I would have been happy with either of those two guys. So I think you know if you look at it in totality, um, bringing in a, a veteran point guard, bringing in a three and D wing, bringing in a good coach. Um, I think that kind of outweighs some of the the misses uh, that occurred. So I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a B minus right now. And then as I always say, for me, uh, the Raphael Stone grade is kind of like incomplete right now. I think we have to yeah. we, we always want to look at everything like um, and try to make it make sense right in that moment. And so yeah, that's fine and and, and good. And and we have to do that, you know, if we want to be you know objective, uh, you know, in what we're doing. But I I do want to see what what happens in the off season. And kind of see like the what not the finished product, but I want to see what the what the vision is. I think they made some moves, like they said, this is phase two. Um, but I think that they, I think obviously there's some things that need to happen during the summer in order for me to maybe like I think I think he can either go to a to a A, you know, this summer, or go down to a C or a D, you know, kind of depending on how we go into next season. Yeah, and uh, something yeah that you brought up that I didn't kind of factor when I was thinking about this is for is the signing of M.A. you know Udoka because he went out and aggressively went after M.A. because they were there was a lot of talk about yeah they're gonna have this interview this interview this interview and they just said oh we this is the guy we want we don't want to waste time because a lot of people thought M.A. was gonna go to Toronto he was gonna take Nick Nurse spot and that was kind of the talk that was going around the league but you know Rafael and you know and uh, Tillman they went right after him and were really aggressive about going to get him so that definitely is a plus in this in this column but like you said the Jock Dale, that's been a disaster the only good thing about it is he's not on a guaranteed contract so he probably well he won't be back next season unless he has one of the greatest turnaround in the second half of the season in NBA history he won't probably be back next season uh like I said, a Jeff Green, that was an underrated sign. Because can, can you imagine if they didn't have Jeff Green and all they were depending on was Jacques Landell? That would be a complete disaster. So that was a good signing. And like you said, he's 38 years old. It's only so much he's going to be able to do. He's, he didn't really think he was going to be coming here playing 20, 30 minutes a game sometimes. So I can't really put a lot of fault into sometimes his players kind of falling off because he was really coming here as more veteran leadership and maybe playing a handful of minutes you know, a game or every other game. So that was definitely a good signing up. I know people that wasn't crazy about the Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks contracts, but at the end of the day, you had to spend the money. I think people need to put that in context. They had to spend the money. They couldn't just say, hey, we're going to go up there and get an eight or nine million dollar a year guy. No, they had to spend a certain amount of money over 50 million dollars. So you had to spend that money. And Fred Van Vliet is going to be on an expiring deal next season. And yes, I know Dylan Brooks uh, contract is guaranteed over the uh, next three seasons, but at the same time, for the fact that he's shooting a career high and three point percentage, even though his defense is falling off a little bit, he's still your best defensive player, especially on the perimeter. So, to me, that's still a good deal. That's definitely going in the column as far as uh, you know being a positive for Rafael. Uh, 
my only other problem is you kind of knew for a while that Jock Landell wasn't going to be the guy at backup center. I mean, I know the NBA is not like 2K where you can just kind of just go out there and make trades, but at the same time, you should have been trying to do whatever you can to bring in a backup big. I know they brought in Steven Adams, but again, like you said, that has nothing to do with this season. That doesn't really help them this season. And right now, you're really putting a lot of stress on Alperen Shankoon to play 30-plus minutes a game, be your best offensive player, and also be your offensive hub a lot of time. I mean, that's a lot of stress for anybody to try to take on. And keep in mind, up until this season, this is like the you know, most minutes that Shankoon has played, so that takes some time to get used to. You know, he hasn't been playing 30 minutes a game for three or four years, and he's gotten used to it. This is the most minutes he's ever played, so – to me, that's kind of a negative that they didn't bring in a somebody, anybody, uh, a Biombo. Um, I know they had interest in Andre Drummond. That didn't work out. I know they're talking about Nerlens Noel right now, so maybe that helps out. But uh, there's no guarantee you even even be able to get him because a lot of times these older guys are going for teams that are competing for championships. So, say all that, I say I would give Rafael Stone a C because yes, he's had some positive like. To me, Fred VanVleet has still been a positive on the team. Dylan Brooks has been a positive. Jeff Green has been a positive. But Jock Landell, yeah, that's that was definitely a disaster. But at the same time, he also did really good at bringing in M.A., even though they've kind of been struggling lately. Um, I think that a lot of the positives that's happened with the Rockets this year has to start with uh, Coach Udoka. So, like I said, to me, it's a C. It could go either way, like you said, as far as this offseason, because we all know that they're going to be trying to bring in a big-time player this offseason. And, you know, if they don't bring in that big-time player and they struggle next season, we might be having a different conversation about Rafael. So we'll see how all that works out. Uh, the next person we want to talk about, of course, is is Coach uh, Coach Udoka that we just kind of also mentioned with Rafael Stone. Well, we won't be giving out the grades for him. So I'll definitely give you a chance to start off with that. Yeah, and I did also want to say before we did that though, like yeah. one of the reasons I bumped him up to a B minus two was um I think he I think he kind of nailed the draft, kind of given where our position was. I mean, obviously we wanted yeah. we wanted uh Victor Wimbayama. I mean, no matter what anybody says now, I mean that was the guy everybody had their their sights on, and then obviously like you can see he he is looking like a guy who might actually be a generational player. People you know throw that around too too casually. I've said that in the past, but. Yeah. Some of the stuff he's doing uh, out there for the Spurs is, is pretty pretty ridiculous. Uh, you don't you don't yeah. see guys, you know, you don't see too many guys scoring the way he can score uh, with his handle at his height, and then also be able to go out and get you double digit blocks and and all the other cool stuff that he's doing. But as far as what we were able to, you know, they identified a, a man Thompson as the guy they wanted at number four. I think now that he's starting, we're starting to see some of the reasons why they picked him at four, and then obviously. Cam Thomas at um, Cam Whitmore. I always keep wanting to call him Cam Thomas. Cam Whitmore, <laughs> Cam Whitmore at uh, number twenty. He's kind of been a revelation whenever he's gotten on the floor from a, from a scoring perspective. Uh, but yeah. going back to Emi Adoka, um, I would grade Emi Adoka also as a B, just because I think he started off the season as an A, um, and then I I think more recently it's been a C. I, I've seen some cracks in the armor as far as him getting out coached, you know, in certain situations by some other coaches. Um, I also have to give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, like we are running guys like Nate Hitton out there. No, no, no offense to that guy. Disrespect. <laughs> right. I mean, disrespect him, but like these are guys that were not um, uh, people that we, 
you know, had penciled in as being in, you know, rotation players for the Houston Rockets this season. You know, they were supposed to be either down in the G League or maybe like end of the bench guys who are just kind of there to like, you know, practice guys, guys that are there to support on the bench and stuff like that. And they're getting actual real minutes in game. So I don't think we can uh, just just ignore that and be like, oh, well, he, you know, he he should still be able to do uh, the same things when Nate Hinton is in the game that he can do when, uh, Dylan Brooks or Tari Eason or Fred Van Vliet is in the game and all those guys have missed, yeah. you know, significant, you know, time this season. And, and, and that matters, you know, Tari Eason is a huge part of this team. Um, to me, he's the second or third most impactful player on this team, even though, uh, it, it may not reflect in, in, in box score statistics, but I think, you know, analytically and in, in advanced stats, like it shows Terry, Tari Eason has a huge impact on winning. So for me, um, I think Yudoka started the season kind of as a, you know, we, we saw the culture change. We saw guys being held accountable. We saw a, a, a very market um, improvement on defense. Uh, the offense looked a little shaky. I, I even had said that a few times. I kind of didn't like the way the offense looked. Uh, we were able to like kind of like weather that and, and, and kind of mask that with, with really good defense. And now that the defense has kind of slipped a little bit, uh, I think more people are really starting to pay attention to, Hey, maybe the offense needs to be diversified a little bit, but hey, you can also only do, uh, you know, you can also only do things that your players are capable of doing. Like I can't yeah. go out there and run an offense, you know, tailor made for Luka Doncic when we don't have a Luka. You know what I mean? We can't yeah. run stuff, you know, that you would run with a Shea, Gilgis Alexander when you don't have a Shea. You know, so um, all those things I have to kind of that that might go back to some some of the team building. But for me right now, Yadoka's a B. I think. Um, they're still in play, playing consideration right now. They obviously have to make a strong push uh, to get back in those talks by the end of the season. The road record is is trash. The road record is terrible. <laughs> Ain't well yeah. um, I don't know, man. Like they, they look like a completely different unit at home and, and than the way they look on the road. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's annoying. I'm like sitting there watching the game sometime and I'm like, really thinking about changing the channel but and watching a different game but i, I know i have to watch it because you know i need to be able to talk about the game after it's over but yeah, yeah. for me um uh, is also like i, I put him a b minus I, I wouldn't i wouldn't grade him any higher than that right now well let me ask you real quick before i get my grade what do you think about his rotation do you think he waited too long to play guys like cam i mean it was kind of a running joke how many times i asked him about cam's minute early in the season and it kind of always went back to well you know it just depends on they have to be consistent so do you do you have a problem with this rotation at all or how long it took him to play the young guys or is that just kind of par for the course when it comes to Coaches just tend to generally trust the veterans a lot more than they do the younger guys. That's always that's a gripe I always have because I even felt like I know I know a man was hurt a lot, yeah. but even when the man was playing, it, he wasn't like he didn't have the ball in his hands. And even right now, there are times where I'm like, I saw a man run a pick and roll last game, and it looked good. Like I don't think we scored out of it, but it looked good. Everything about it uh, was like what I had expected it to look like. And, and for some reason we do not, like, even though when, when Fred Van Vliet is in the game, we're pick and roll heavy. Right. Yeah. But um, now that Fred Van Vliet has been out, you know, you don't see it as much. A man is off ball, not all the time. He, he has the ball more than he did before, but it's still to me, like you have a six, seven freak athlete, right. Who has really good court vision. I know he has some deficiencies, but why not put him in pick and roll and, 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 put him in a position where he can get downhill and, and like make some of these advanced reads that we know he can make. So like, I question that. I also, I remember asking you to ask him uh, why when uh, he's on the floor with Fred Van Vliet, why 
is he always, you know, off ball when theoretic and you know, like I said, I'm not a professional NBA coach, but yeah. from looking at, okay, I have this six, seven dude who can, who's really fast, really athletic. I know he can get in the paint and kick it out to shooters. And Fred Van Vliet is one of our better spot up shooters. You know what I mean? And so instead of like maybe putting Amin on the wing or in a dunker spot, you know, why didn't, why didn't we see that more? So yeah, there are some little things that I question. Uh, then the Cam Whitmore situation, um, I had a lot of back and forth with some of my friends about whether or not he was ready. And I'm like, I know one thing that dude can do is score the basketball. I know he, yeah. he has some areas that he needs to improve on. He's 19 years old, right? But he's gotten up to the NBA and he's, he's, he's been everything that like you would have expected him to be. I think he is um, shooting like 40% from three. His true shooting percentage is like almost like 59%, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's, his his um, points per minute is like something really ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I kind of felt like he should have been playing all along over a guy like Jay Sean Tate or or, you know, some of the other guys that, that were Reggie kinda, Bullock he had even tried Reggie Bullock before he tried Cam. <laughs> but like yeah. you said, I think, you know, coaches just, you know, they want to go with the guy who they kind of feel like they know what they're going to get from him. And you kind of know if I put uh, Jason Tate in the game, I know what he's going to do. He's going to give me pesky, hard-nosed defense. And I think he's just – A lot Jason of, a lot of fouls. A lot of <laughs> Jason Tate is just one of those guys that I think coaches, like, fall in love with uh, yeah. because he, he looks like he's doing a lot and he's a team guy and he's, he's trying really hard. But at the end of the day, the NBA is about talent. <laughs> and, yeah. and that dude, Cam Woodmore, is an amazing talent, man. Like, I – I don't know. Yeah, I, I do kind of wish, you know, and, and I hope that when we get back to full strength, if we get back to full strength, uh, Tari's injury kind of freaks me out. Um, that Cam continues to yeah. get, man, I need Cam in the lineup. That is the only dude on the team right now who I feel like can go in a, in a game in any given quarter, he might go off for 20 points. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, you mentioned the Tari Eason thing. That's a topic for another podcast because – it's some concern there, but getting back to MA, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you said. I, to me, yeah, I give him a B minus. Like you said earlier in the year, yeah, it was definitely an A because I mean, the way the Rockets were looking, they were on their winning streak, they were firmly in the playoffs, and then of course, there's a lot of factors in that. There's a lot of factors going positive for him, and a lot of factors going against him. The positive part was the Rockets had a ton of practice time. They had the crazy schedule with the in-season tournament where they had some where they were playing like three or four days in a row where they were able to get two or three practices in. And as you know, in the NBA, getting two practices in in a week is like rare. It rarely happens. You pretty much never get that during the season. The Rockets had a ton of practice time. They faced a lot of teams that didn't even have their best players um, again, but the Rockets were playing really well at the same time. So it was kind of fool's goal a little bit to where we thought where they could be. I think where they are right now is a little bit closer to where they'd probably be for the rest of the season. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to say that because, like you said, Tari Eason is a huge loss for the Rockets, and he has been out for several weeks now. I mean, he is a major part of this their overall team. And not even just talking about defensively, he's one of their best shooters. And on a team that doesn't have a lot of shooters, that's a big deal. But kind of just going back to M.A. and kind of how he's coached this year, um, the Rockets also have more wins than they've had in the previous three seasons already before the All-Star break. Um, so you definitely have to factor that in, even though, yes, we know that they were tanking or pseudo-tanking the uh, previous three seasons. But, again, you still have seen improvement from them this season. 
And at the very least, you're not going to majority of the time. They're not going to go out there and embarrass themselves. Majority of the time, yes, they have struggled at the beginning of the games, but they also have played hard and fought back in those games. So at the very least, you know, the Rockets, for the most part, are going to play hard every single night. And that's usually what at the very least you want to see from a, a, a team coach uh, by, uh, you know, any coach in the league. But, you know, definitely somebody that you just brought in on a big contract like you brought in with M.A., so, like I said, yeah, I definitely give it a B minus. They've had some really good things that they've done this season. Even though he said the defense has slipped, it's gotten a lot better this season. Um, but at the same time, like I asked you the question about uh, not playing certain players earlier than they should, I do have a problem with that. I think they definitely should have been playing uh, Cam a lot earlier. Like you said, Ahmed was dealing with injuries, so that's a little bit more trickier. But at the same time, um, like you said, some of the offense that they've run, uh, like having – like you say, having Amin off ball is not, not really the best decision, especially when we know that his limitation is outside shooting, even though he is really good in the darker spot. So sometimes I understand why necessarily he will be off ball. But like you said, Fred Van Vliet is probably their best spot-up shooter, second best spot-up shooter behind uh, Dylan Brooks. So you definitely want to integrate uh, Amin with the ball in his hands more. And maybe that's something we'll see in the second half of the season because, like, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk about that, but it may mention that there might be some changes coming up soon. And you know what, Lashard, too, that's another issue, too. Like, they spam the same stuff with Fred Van Vliet so much. Like, when yeah. you lose Fred Van Vliet, the team is kind of, like, in disarray. Yeah, um, they don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah and so I think, I think, and, and we had said this, like, way earlier, being overly reliant on Fred Van Vliet was probably a mistake. And so, like, that yeah. goes on him because, and then, like, playing him so many minutes. You, we had even said yeah. on this podcast that he can't withstand that amount of minutes. Like, he's a 5'11 dude who yeah. is out there amongst giants throwing his body around. There's no way he's going to make it an entire season without an injury um, at his age, especially. And and, and sure enough, yeah. you know, he got hurt. And and, I, and we weren't the only people who saw that. And so, like, I know he, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, he's a veteran point guard. He's a steady hand. He's an extension of the coach. And you feel, you know, it may have to feel super comfortable with, with Fred out there. But at some point, you know, just, you know, at your, you know, at your own better, best interest, he should have yeah. taken his minutes down. He should have uh, slowly get, get, get given a man more responsibility in that offense. And then maybe Fred wouldn't be hurt right now. I mean, that's just can that's just, you know, speculation or whatever. But, you know, yeah, there's some there's some things, you know, that we we could like look at Yudoka and, and critique him for. I think um, the way he finishes this season for will determine whether or not he's a C for me at the end of the season. Um, I, I obviously want to see how he's going to handle um, rotation minutes moving forward, not just with Cam Whitmore, but with guys like Jalen Green and, um, you know, like different different in-game coaching situations. I kind of want to see how he handles those. Like one of, one of my things that I laugh at when I watch the game is like, we seem to challenge stuff that is like clearly gonna go. <laughs> His challenge record is is not great, <laughs> and we do not challenge the plays. I'm like, that's obviously like, uh, you know, that's our call. Like, challenge that, and we don't yeah. challenge those. And I know in some of those situations, it's because you're saving that challenge for later in the game. But then, like, we save it for later, and then we use it on something that is like we we have like zero percent chance of winning. So yeah, yeah like I, I feel like he's like for me right now, he's a B minus, and I'm kind of like. Uh, hoping that he can get up to a good solid, you know, B plus by the end of the season. But like, there is a, there is a, there is an avenue where he's a C for me when we do this again, you know, at the end of the season. 
Yeah, we also got to remember he's he's a young coach as well. I mean, yeah, this is really his learning. second, really second full season as an NBA head coach. And yes, they, Boston did great, but I mean, at the same time, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to start with. That's a pretty good foundation for any coach. But I will say that the I would say at the very least, just being in the locker room in the Silas year and then in a MA year is definitely a different vibe, a different culture. Even though they've been struggling. I will definitely give him credit for that. That is definitely a more professional um, environment around the Rockets right now. So uh, I guess you got to start with a foundation like that and kind of build your way up because, like you said, there's only so much you can do with the players they have. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have Fred Van Vliet. He has his limitations. He's been great. He's. We're going to talk a little bit more about that actually next. He's actually the person we're going to talk about next. But, I mean, he's has, has a career high in assists. He's still shooting a, a, a fairly decent percentage from three-point range. Um, so Fred Vliet has some limitations, but he also has some things he does does well, you know, um, at, at the same end. But you only have so much you can really do. I mean, Dylan Brooks is Dylan Brooks. He has been great, you know, as far as what he brings, as far as what he can do and what he can't do. But at the same time, there's only so much you can really do with the players that you have on this team. So I don't care how great of a coach you are. We see with Popovich. You know, the one of the greatest coaches of all time. When the last time the Spurs had a winning record, even with Wimbyama this year, like you say, generational talent, they're still one of the worst teams in the league. So at the end of the day, there's only so much a coach can do. It really comes down to the players you have on your team and the talent that you have on your team. That really determines <laughs> whether you're going to be, you know, a mediocre team or one of the best teams in the league. Uh, and so I kind of want to move into that section and move talk, start talking about some of the players on the team. And, of course, we're going to start with the starters uh, for the Rockets. And the first person we're going to be talking about is Fred Van Vliet. So I want to get your grade on Fred Van Vliet. All right. So Fred is a guy who, like, when we brought Fred in, he wasn't – like, I wasn't jumping up and down about it. I But I knew, like, the value that he brings as a veteran leader, as, a, as an NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors. Um, I know he was a good shooter. You know, um, we had the guy on from from Locked On Raptors who talked to us about, you know, like some of his strengths and weaknesses. And I think he was pretty much spot on. Like, I don't like Vivek, yeah. I think that was his name. Um, yeah, he was pretty spot on as far as like the things that he told us. So, like, when I do these grades, I'm grading on based on like my expectations. So, like, yeah. you know, this is all subjective. But like based on what I thought we would get from Fred Van Vliet as far as, um, you know, leadership, shooting, uh, being able to like run the pick and roll, uh, being able to be a guy who was going to be able to like get the ball to apprehension goons in different situations. Um, I think he's been as advertised. I mean, he, yeah, you might want to say he's overpaid, but I think that I can't, I cannot honestly think of a thing that he has not done that we expected him to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think he's an like he's not an A player to me like right he's not a like he's not like a all star perennial all star type guy who I I would say you know is is a max contract guy which is what he's playing on um, but I think based on what they thought they were gonna get as far as like shooting uh, like you said he's having like a career year and assist numbers um, his defense has been pretty much as advertised as well I mean I think he's been an A. Um, he has his weaknesses, like he, he's 5'11", 6 feet tall, and he's, like I said, he's out there with giants, so like there's just certain things he cannot do. He's physically not able to see certain guys in certain areas on the floor and make certain passes. Um, I hear people like c- complaining a lot that he does not make a lot of like skip passes, that he makes 
a lot of like really easy reads and things like oh, that. Alley oop. Yeah. yeah, and he does he does not throw the alley oop very well. Um, but we knew that when we brought him in. Like all this stuff was on film. Like none of none of this yeah. is a surprise. It's a surprise. Uh, Raptors fans <laughs> told me that he struggles finishing at the rim. Uh, Vivek came on the podcast and told us that he struggles finishing at the rim. He told us that he struggled getting his three three off, so he had to extend his three point range. So like. As far as what I was expecting to see from Fred VanVleet as a player, like I'm not disappointed because he's doing exactly what I expected him to do. I just think he's been overused. So I'm gonna give him. A, I'm gonna go ahead and give him an A because I, I can't really think of what he's done that's disappointed me as as far as what I was expecting him to do. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you have to go by. I don't really factor in how much he makes per year because. At the end of the day, that's not his decision. That's the front office. The front office decided they want to pay him that. That's what they end up paying him. So I don't really factor that into how he's playing on the court. And like you said, when he came here, um, he's yeah, he's given us pretty much exactly what we expected from him when he, when he was brought in. Uh, he's going to be a, a really good floor leader, a really good in the locker room. He's he is the the voice, at least on the offensive end. He is the coach on the floor. Uh, just like Dylan is the coach on the floor on the defensive end. Uh, he's shooting a, uh, 37%, which is above the league average from three-point range. And on a team that's as bad as the Rockets are from three-point range, I mean, he honestly may as well be shooting 50% because that's that's <laughs> he's one of the better shooters on the uh, entire team. And then also you look at his assist number, career high in assists, over eight assists a game. He's still averaging a, one of his lowest totals of his career, even though he's handling the ball even more this season in uh, turnovers as well, just a little over one turnover a game. And it's been some games where he had 15 assists and zero turnovers. And uh, again, the team coming off the last three seasons, Rogers one of the worst teams in the league when it came to turnovers per game. So to bring in somebody that you know is a steady hand, we're starting to see that even with uh, Amen being great, doing giving you double doubles. Rockets have had several games where they've had 15 or more turnovers, um, just because they don't have that steady hand out on the court. But like you said, he's yes, he's going to have his limitations. He's not. He's probably one of the lower end guys when it comes to finishing around the basket in the NBA. Again, like you said, that this has to do with his height and his size. There's only so much he can do when it comes to that. Uh, alley-oop passes. I think we've seen more alley-oop passes from the Rockets in the last several games just because we've seen players like Amin throwing those alley-oop passes instead of Fred Van Vliet, which is not a huge deal because you're not going to have a lot of those per game. But at the end of the day, when you want to get out and run with the athletic players that the Rockets have, like Jalen and Amin and with Cam, you want to be able to throw those type of passes um, and you want to be able to see those type of passes. So, yeah, he's not really great when it comes to that. His defense has, has been good this season, even though, like, just the rest of the team has fallen off, and I think that has to do a lot, like you said, with the amount of minutes he's playing. At one time, he was leading the league in minutes per game, which is just shouldn't shouldn't have been happening. And I know I asked M.A. about that. He said, yeah, we want to try to get uh, Amin more minutes on the court and cut down Fred minutes. But that, at that point, I think it was almost a little bit too late because right after that, that's when he got hurt, and he's been out ever since. So um, some of the stuff, you know, we expected that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to do. And some of the stuff I think he exceeded as far as when it comes to, you know, his being able to get hand out assists and not turn the ball over. Uh, so at the end of the day, I, I'll, I'll give him a B um, just because I would give him an A. But the, some of the limitation that he does have, even though we did expect it, I think that's some of the reason why the Rockets have struggled lately. So that's why it's kind of hard for me to give him an A right now. 
Uh, but as far as just overall grade, I can see him giving them a B because even with the way Amin is playing the Rockets, you can tell they definitely miss Fred. I hope people realize that now they see, okay, yeah, Fred wasn't doing this, wasn't doing that, but we need his leadership out on the court because a lot of these slow starts has to do with the fact that the Rockets just have a hard time getting into any type of offensive set. They have a hard time. Um, it just seems to just be able to run just basic plays. And we've seen that like the last several games, the Rockets have been down double digits in several of those games in the first quarter. And once that happens, at the end of the day, it's just going to be a fake comeback. They're going to lose the game, which they've done a lot lately. They haven't won back-to-back games since the beginning of January. So, Speaking um, of that, though, have, yeah. have you noticed like a man plays more aggressively like towards the end of the game and the Rockets play better? Like I think, yeah. to me, they more they're passive. They seem really passive in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, he used to reason. play like that at the beginning of the game, and then maybe they wouldn't yeah. get any deficits. And it's not on all on him, obviously, because he's just yeah. one of the pieces. But like you were talking about, Fred uh, being missed, and I think like you know, Fred doesn't really have rim pressure. You know, a lot of the stuff he gets is created from that pick and roll or whatever. But a man has shown the ability to blow by his man. I don't know why he comes out, um, you know, some of these games and he's not uh, aggressive because then you look up and by the end of the game, dude has a double-double. He's averaging a double-double as a starter. Um, I didn't check what it was uh, after this last game, but I know going into that game, he was averaging like 11 rebounds per game, almost 12 rebounds per game, uh, also like 12 points and, you know, the assists and, and steals and blocks and all of that. But – you know, it's for some reason at the beginning of the game, I think we see like a little bit different version of him than what we see at the end when he's really like locked in. So I think that's one thing that they could. Um, I don't know if the, if the coaches have to kind of be like, hey, you know, you have the keys to the Ferrari right now. Like, you know, don't crash it. But like, you know, yeah. you, you, you like going under the speed limit, you know, when we start the game and we need you to like go fast. And I'm hoping like. You know, if Fred isn't back, you know, I'm hoping that, that I'm in kind of like is more aggressive at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I think that a lot of that has to do with somebody was trying to is deferring to the right. Uh, I don't know if you can really call like Alfred and Jalen veterans, but they've been around longer than yeah. I'm in. Sometimes deferring to them and also the Rockets trying to run the offense, maybe through Alfred more just because they don't have Fred there. And also, Dylan Brooks has taken a lot more shots since mm-hmm. Fred has been out. So that's another factor you yeah. have to kind of throw into it. Um, and that should actually kind of lead us to our the next person we're going to talk about is Dylan Brooks. Um, and we're going to kind of give our grades on him, how he's been this season. We'll do that after the break. So please stick around. And welcome back to Rocksfield Podcast presented by the Believe Network. And on today's show, we are going over the first half grades for the Houston Rockets. We've already talked about, of course, uh, Rafael Stone. We talked about uh, M.A. We talked about Fred Van Vliet. And now we're going to be moving over to Dylan Brooks, the other big free agent signing for the Houston Rockets uh, this past offseason. And uh, Vader, like I said, we want to start with Dylan Brooks. And what's kind of your grade? Of course, I know you're basing it on what you expected from him. So what's been your grade so far on what Dylan Brooks has brought to the Rockets? All right. So, like I said, based on what I expected him to do, um, come in, be a guy who was a 3-and-D, you know, 3-and-D wing. Um, he started out as an A. I'm not going to lie to you. He was an A at the beginning of the season when the Rockets were winning, uh, yeah. when they were fairly healthy. Uh, I think more lately he's been kind of a C to me. And so, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him in the middle at a B, and that's because – I am thinking, like, when we get more healthy, 
and guys start coming back, he will, uh, you know, he will resume the role that he was playing before. I think he's kind of with, with Fred out and with Tari out and some of the, you know, other, and, you know, Alperin's missed a game here and there. I think, <clears throat> I think he's kind of take, put it on his own shoulders to uh, shoot more. And we saw what that looked like in looked like in Memphis, right? So when when Dylan Brooks is like playing within the confines of the offense, and you know he's locked in, he's he's doing all the little things on the floor. He he's amazing, and that's what we saw at the beginning of the season. I think more recently he has been um, kind of reverting to some of his old habits, bad, bad shot selection. There was a shot he took last game that I just kind of like. <laughs> yeah. You know, people people talk about my boy Cam Cam about his shot selection. <laughs> this was a very um, this was a very Cam Whitmore esque uh, shot that he took. Man, he, there was a he like he like was gonna drive in. I think he did like a little spin. There was two guys on him. There was somebody open at the top of the key, and he, he shot that thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, okay. So that is uh that is not the the version of Dylan Brooks that I like to see. Um, but like I said, I feel kind of like. He he is a guy. He's a gamer, right? He's a guy who mm-hmm. wants to um, take the take the challenge, right? And so I think when with guys out, he kind of puts more on his own on his own plate, and uh, sometimes he puts a little too much on his plate. <laughs> and I think we've seen yeah. that a little bit that recently. But I'm gonna give him a B, man. I I think uh, some of the stuff that we're seeing from him is just a, a product of uh, him just trying to do too much. And I think once he gets back into um, his natural role, just defending the best player, the best wing on the other team, uh, spotting up at three, knocking those down. You know, you got to put up with an occasional heat check shot from him, you know, maybe yeah. one or two a game. But I think for the most part, you know, to start the season, he's been doing exactly what they wanted him to do. So I'm going to give him a B. Yeah. And we're, I, I was thinking of B minus and just because the only minus is like you were saying, um, some of the shot selection is kind of sketchy sometimes, and also some of his antics sometimes. <laughs> so oh, I know yeah, sometimes he, that he, bothers he, he, M.A. <laughs> either leading the league in text or he's pretty close to it. Yeah, yeah he's leading the league in text, but also, also at the same time, with brother M.A. M.A. also leads the league in text for coaches. So kind of uh, kind of hard for sometimes for M.A. to say something to him. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I, I want to factor on the, the good thing and why I want to give him, definitely give him a B. He's definitely not a C. But give him a B minus. Um, he uh, career high in field goal percentage, career high in three point percentage, and also a career high in f- uh, free throw percentage. So his shooting, I think, has been a, a you know, has been even better than as advertised. Because a lot of people, you know, thought that you know before he was even signed with the Rockets, a lot of people were talking about he may be out of the league. That's how bad people were um, talking about Dylan Brooks coming into this offseason. So the fact that He's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I don't think anybody outside of Dylan Brooks thought that was going to be a possibility. So that is definitely a huge revelation when it comes to Dylan Brooks. His defense has been as advertising, though. It's also slipped off a little bit lately, but I think that has a lot to do with, like you said, he's having to take a lot more responsibility on the offensive end, something that I don't think necessarily that he always wants to do because I think he wants to be able to focus on playing really good defense and just spot up three-point shooting. That's when we saw him at his best. And I think you'll see that once Fred is back, once Cam is back, which I think you'll see both of them back on that February 22nd game against the Phoenix Suns. Um, so you'll see Dylan kind of go back to where he was more towards the beginning of the season, where he wasn't taking 17 shots a game like he did last game. And he can kind of focus more on just being a, a really good defender 
and also kind of occasionally taking the open three-pointer. I think you'll see uh, the Dylan Brooks kind of go more towards the A Dylan Brooks instead of the B minus. I think he is right now. Again, B minus is not bad considering how bad people were talking about him at the beginning of the season. So I think that uh, what he's brought to the Rockets has been more, a lot more positive than negative, and that's kind of why I want to give him the B minus. The only reason I gave, like I said, gave him the minus is just because of some of the antics sometimes. And yeah, some of the shot selection isn't always that good, especially when it's coming from a veteran player. But I think if I had to guess if he's going to go more towards a C or go close to an A, I think it's going to go closer to that A once you start getting a lot of those players back that you've been missing the last several games. Uh, the next player I want to talk about is actually a guy that actually played last night in the Rising Star game, uh, and that is Jabari Smith Jr. Um, so what do you, uh, what have you seen from Jabari uh, Smith so far this season, and what grade would you give him? All right, so Jabari is a tough one for me because – <clears throat> he was, um, I mean, if we're being honest, he was probably one of the worst players in the NBA last season. You know, definitely he, at the beginning he gets, of the season. He gets, yeah. a pass. he gets somewhat, somewhat of a pass for me because he was 19 for the in, the entire duration of, of his rookie season. Very young guy, but he was the third pick in the draft. So uh, the expectation is there for you not to be the worst player in the NBA, right? This season, um, he has looked really, really, really good at times. And then there are too many games to me where I feel like he is not – he's disappeared, right? There's inconsistency there. And, you know, he's a 20, he's 20 years old, so there's inconsistency. Yeah. And I think um, with a lot of other guys on the team that, that need touches and need the ball, he probably doesn't always have an opportunity to kind of get in his rhythm and find, you know, his place in the offense. But I just – like I see the talent there, and I just want to see more from him, I, you know, when he gets the ball, <clears throat> I want to expect him to make the three. You know what I mean? Uh, when we drafted him, we drafted him as a guy who would be <clears throat> a, like knockdown three-point shooter and a guy who is going to be able to defend, you know, and, and pretty much lock up somebody on the other team, right? And so yeah. we see glimpses of that at times. There was that game against uh, the Bulls earlier in the season <clears throat> where he like really made it hard for DeMar DeRozan. And then we've had the, the big scoring games and all of that kind of stuff. But I want to see more from Jabari, man. Like, I know it's in there, and I I want to give him a B so bad because of where he came from from last season. But based on my expectations, he's at a C-plus for me right now because I just know there's there's more untapped potential there. There's so much more he could do. I want when he catches the ball for defenses to be like, oh, shoot. Like, you know, like when we're playing Denver and Jamal Murray is open or uh, Michael Porter Jr. is open, even Keegan Murray for the Kings. Like, there are guys mm -hmm. who – like when they're wide open, you pretty much count it. Like even though it's not obviously it's not automatic, we're talking about guys who probably shoot like in the forty percent range. But that's to me, that's where I want to see Jabari's uh, three pointer is in that in that you know forty percent range. And then I also want to see him like I know I, I've seen him working on his handle. His handle is is so much better than it was last season. Um, his his post up game is really good. Like so, I, I just I just want more for Jabari, and that's about that's the reason I'm not giving him a B. I mean, based on where he came from from last season, uh, objectively he's probably a B. But for me, I'm gonna give him a C plus because I I want I want Jabari to lock in and go out there and, and get more buckets, be more consistent, and lock dudes up on defense. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he said, yeah, he's probably one of the more trickier ones out of everybody just because he's had some really good moments. He's been a much better rebounder this season. 
actually all his shooting splits are actually up this season from his rookie season. But like he said, his rookie season, especially at the beginning of the year, was definitely a struggle to say the least. So it's kind of hard to say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my higher grade because he's shooting better because he was shooting pretty bad last season. So he, he, he pretty much had no choice but to go up. But he's had some really good games. He has some really good rebounding games. He does a lot of the dirty work that he wasn't doing last season. So I would definitely want to give him credit for that. Um, but like you said, he hasn't taken a huge step forward when it comes to just his overall offensive game. Um, I don't know how much of a improvement you've seen from his, like you said, with his ball handling, with with his being able to get to the basket, with him punishing smaller defenders. It's been there, but not as much as it should be. And of course, I don't want to compare him to Paulo Bancaro, but it's kind of hard not to because I mean they were in the same draft, and for the most of the, you know we're not gonna go back into the whole history, but a lot of you know Rockets fans thought that Paulo was coming to Houston. So you see Paulo, you know, becoming an All Star this season, averaging over twenty points a game. And yes, I know they have different games, and you know Jabari may never be a twenty twenty five point a game scorer, but at the same time, you do want to see kind of start seeing those those steps forward, start seeing those leaps forward. And right now he's just kind of he's been he's been okay, <laughs> and that's why I give him a C because he's been okay. He hasn't been you know gr- great in just one area and horrible in another area. He's shooting thirty six percent from three, which is league average. He's a much better rebounder this season, so I'll definitely give him that. But he's only averaging maybe like a point three points more per ga- per game than he did in his rookie season. And yes, I know that he doesn't take as many shots because you know you have Fred here. And you have Alperin taking a lot more shots this season, but he's just been okay. Yeah. This hasn't been anything one way or another where I could just say, like, oh yeah, he's been really horrible. He should be getting a D or oh man, he's been really great. He should be getting a B. It's just been it's just been okay. That's just kind of how he's been for most of the season. He, he, didn't, really he didn't have that really good forward. stretch. He had that really good stretch, yeah. like you were talking about with the rebounding and like yeah. I was like, Oh, he turned the corner. And, you know, unfortunately for him, I think that he has not looked as good since he came back from that ankle injury. Um, But, like, the flashes are there. Um, It's just, like you said, uh, based on – and I hate to do this, but just based on where he was picked in the draft and what I expect to see from him when he steps foot on the court, I think I see it sometimes and sometimes I don't see it. And so that's why, even though I want to give him a B, I'm not going to give it to him yet. I want to see how he finishes the season. Yeah, and like I said, I said definitely will give him all the credit in the world for you know being a much better rebounder because he doesn't have to be like some players that were definitely drafted where he is that not getting the shots that other top draft picks are getting. They may not be. They may be like, ah, you know what? I'm not gonna go down and crash a board and bang with guys that are six ten, two fifty when I'm barely two hundred something pounds. I'm I'm probably not gonna go down there and do that. But he has been rebounding a lot better this season, so I definitely want to give him credit for that. But like you said, there's other avenues or other areas that he definitely needs to, you know, show more of an improvement on. And right now, that's kind of where he is. It's where in a, you know in the C t- uh, territory, and maybe it'll get better, or maybe he'll just kind of stay where he is. But we'll kind of see how that plays out for the rest of the season. Uh, the next guy I want to get to um, is somebody that I know a, ro- a lot of Rockets fans are gonna <laughs> give a certain grade to, them. and then that they won't be happy if it's anything, but. Uh, a, but I want to talk about Alperin Shangoon and you know what he's brought this season. Uh, so I want to start with you, Vader, and you know what you've seen from Alperin. You know he had a great start to the season. Um, he kind of fell off a little bit lately, and again, maybe because of injury, maybe because of some other factors. But what do you want to give uh, as far as a grade when it comes to Alperin? 
So all the way up until like the all-star voting came in, he was an A. He was a solid A plus because like we were hyping him for an all-star game and all of that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, ever since then, I don't know. I know he sustained that back injury that that kept him mm-hmm. out. Um, and then like he's he's shouldered such a huge burden offensively. You do, we don't have a lot of shooters around him. Uh, he's he's garnering double and triple teams. So I'm gonna leave him at an A. And and the reason being is because like even though his production recently has kind of gone down, I, I do attribute some of that to the to the fatigue and and the subsequent injury of probably having to like play more minutes than he needs to play and and take such a huge responsibility on the team offensively. Um, he's really like it's really hard for him to get easy baskets on this team the way it's constructed right now because he draw he draws so much attention and yeah. he's really down there kind of getting getting it out of the mud so to speak because um teams going into the game with the idea that we need to stop Alperen Shingun and I think a lot of what you're seeing too recently is like we not really adjusted to them taking away Alperen Shingun and yeah. and it, our offense has suffered a lot so I'm gonna leave him at an A um I, he was at an A plus for me at one point in time I think more recently He's kind of dipped down, maybe a B plus, but like just overall, if I just look at it and um, not penalize him for some of the stuff that's kind of happened more over the last maybe week and a half, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave him at an A. I think he's I think he's earned that, you know, just from the fact that he has been pretty much the only guy on the team all season who, you know, we could even look at and say, hey, that guy probably deserves to be a, be in the All Star game this season. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm pretty much the same spot. Like he was an A plus for majority of the first half of the season, and he kind of like you said dipped a little bit because of injury. Because now teams are at the beginning of the year, teams weren't double teaming Shangun as much as they are now. They are running at him hard as soon as he gets the ball to the point where they're forcing the ball out of his hand because they know like at the beginning of the year the Rockets were a much better shooting team. They were like middle of the league. Even at some point, they were like closer to top ten in shooting. Believe it or not. But since January, they've been one of the worst teams in the league in shooting. And if you're a coach on the other team, why in the world are you going to let Afron Shangun go one-on-one when he's their best player, when you know you got people outside of him shooting 29% from three-point range? I'm going to double-team Shangun every single time. So you can't really blame Shangun for that. One thing you can kind of put at his feet is that he's still not a better shooter from three-point range. Mm-hmm. Because if he was a better shooter, then that that definitely expands his offense and it's a lot harder to double-team him. So that's the one knock I have against him and why I don't give him an A+, plus because his shooting is still around 29% from three-point range. You never, nobody's expecting him to be a, a Carl Anthony Towns from three-point range, but at the same time, you want to see him be able to at least be around 32, 33, 34%, somewhere in that range to where he is at least a threat from there because right now teams don't even guard him out there and he's still kind of hesitant on taking that three. So that's really the only knock I have against him because even on the defensive end where people were giving him, you know, were, uh, were criticizing him in the previous season, he has gotten a lot better on defensive end, especially with his verticality, verticality when it comes to when players are trying to drive into him. He plays straight up and down. He doesn't get in foul trouble nearly as much as he did in previous seasons. So his defense has definitely gotten a lot better. He's never going to be a shot blocker. He's never going to be a Rudy Gobert under the basket or anybody like that. But at the same time, his defense is not a liability now to where teams can just take advantage of him on the defensive end. So that's why, yes, his shooting hasn't been as good, but his defense has gotten better. So that's why I definitely keep him at an A, you know, even though he has struggled a little bit. Uh, 
uh, this last part, you know, two or three weeks, but that has to do a lot with his injury being tired and also not having Fred on the court because they were really good in the pick and roll, even though teams had started to, you know, blitz that pick and roll and try to take that away as well. But you also have to factor in that, you know, Fred and Alperin, they had a really good connection uh, when it was uh, time to run that pick and roll, something you haven't seen from our man, because like you mentioned, for some reason, they don't run that pick and roll as much with our man uh, for whatever reason. But yeah, I definitely want to uh, keep Alperin at an A. And I mean, to be honest, which as far as the starters, he's going to be the only A because he's mm-hmm. been the best player on the team this season. So yeah. uh, a couple of players I want to get into real quick before we wrap up the show. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole bench because I really want to talk about the two main guys for me off the bench so far this season. And we're going to leave Tari off and give him an incomplete just because he's been hurt for the majority of the season. Um, but the way he was playing, he was definitely you know, trending towards that A uh, category along with Alperin, but he's been hurt for the majority of the season. So it's kind of hard to really give him a, a grade on that. But the two guys I want to talk about real quick, and honestly, we can kind of lump them together because they were drafted in the same draft. It's Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. Um, just as far as overall their impact on the season, uh, what do you, grade do you give uh, both of those players? Honestly, they they are like two of my favorite players on the team right now, just because the excitement factor when they come in the game. So, yeah. um, you know, as far as scoring goes, like nobody on the team is a better scorer right now. Like if you look uh, point for point, minute for minute. And Cam Whitmore, that dude is yeah, amazing. Yeah. And, like, he's doing it inside. He's doing it outside. Um, he, he's a bully in the paint. His dunks are, like, ridiculous. And his his three-point shot has been even better than, you know, I was expecting it to be. I think there was some data out there that showed that he was a 40% spot-up three-point shooter at, at Villanova. That's pretty much translated to the NBA. I think he um, he, has, he isn't taking a lot of stuff, um, you know, on movement or off the dribble or whatever. Uh, but so far, so good. It looks and, – and the sample size is only growing. Like, he looks really good. Obviously, he needs to become a better passer. Um, he's shown flashes that he can defend, like, when he's, when he's you know, focused and paying attention. So, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy with Cam Whitmore. This is a guy we got at pick number 20. I'm going to give him a – I'm going to give him a B plus, man. Just, you know, uh, based on his minutes and the, his production in those minutes, I think he's a B plus for me. And then Amen Thompson, I'm going to give him a B. I think um, – he is a guy who I think has an opportunity to be very special because he can do everything except the couple things that he can't do. And I'm, when I say he can do everything, he can, um, you know, he he rebounds, he blocks shots, he gets steals, uh, he can score. But what he cannot do is shoot, right? And and then like his, his uh, ball handling has been a little, you know, more shaky than I thought it would be. Uh, people who were telling me, you know, pre-draft that his ha- handle wasn't wasn't that great, and I think we kind of see it. But to see a guy going out there and, you know, I think what did he do last game? Like 19 points and 12 rebounds, and this is a guy who is only scratching the surface of his potential. Just imagine if he yeah. gets, you know, the, what, what they can do with the off season with this kid, tighten his handle up a little bit. He's probably never going to be a great outside shooter, but he's he's a willing shooter, and if he can even just get a floater, man, like. Um, he he's gonna be really special. So like for me, he's he's probably a BB plus as well. I think they're kind of on a similar kind of trajectory right now as far as what I expected to see from them and what I'm actually seeing. So um, I'm not nothing that I'm seeing from either of them is a surprise. So I'm not disappointed. So I'm gonna leave them in that in the in that range. Yeah. So real quickly from me, um, 
As far as Ame Thompson, the reason why I'm giving him an A minus is just because, yes, his shooting definitely needs work. But if you just go look at his last several games, even the fact that he's not a good outside shooter, like we were talking about with Alfred Shangoon, he has shot over 50% every single game, the That's last true. five games. He just finds a way. He His basketball IQ is just so high. That's another factor for me as far as giving him an A minus is he knows his limitation and he doesn't go beyond what he knows he can do. He's not out there trying to, you know, take three or four threes a game just to prove that he can shoot. He gets under the basket. He rebounds his last five games as well. He's had double digit games rebounding except for one. In that one game, he had nine rebounds. I mean, to me, those numbers are just insane. And I know, yes, you have to base it on the entire season. But at the same time, it's not really anything he can do about injuries. It's not anything he can really do about coach not necessarily trusting him enough to play him in the amount of minutes that he's playing right now. But just his overall game, he does so much outside of just being a really good rebounder. He's a he's a good passer. He's um, also good at getting to the basket. Uh, he's hustles. He's st- I mean, to me, it's just his overall game is the reason why I give him an A- minus as far as just basing it off of what I expect from a rookie point guard in the NBA that didn't even start the season off playing that many minutes. I mean, to me, he has been like definitely one of the revelations of the, for the Rockets this season as somebody that I expect to see a lot more minutes for in the second half. You know what I'm thinking too? You you kind of winning me over because you know one thing I did not think <laughs> of, you know one thing I didn't think of is defense. Yeah. Like his his defense has been I don't I don't like to throw spectacular out there too 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 yeah. loosely, but there were situations where he was he looked like a better defensive player than Dylan Brooks. Like when he was guarding certain players in the past couple games and I I'd see them, you know, cross, you know, cross match or whatever. Um there were some instances where I'm like, man, he he might, along with Tari Eason, they might be like the best like point of attack, you know, on ball defenders on the team. Like he yeah. was making it very difficult. Like I think one of the examples I'm thinking of is Jalen Brunson. Like when when Dylan Brooks was on Jalen Brunson, yeah, he made Dylan made him work. You know, he's Dylan Brooks, but he seemed like he had a whole lot, you know, more difficult time getting around Amon Thompson than he did Dylan Brooks. And so, yeah. like, yeah, you 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 from like the things that he is already good at, he's really good at them. And so, just yeah, imagine if still, he, just imagine if if he adds that shot and and gets a um you know a more functional uh, dribble, he's gonna be crazy. Yeah. And real quick on Cam Whitmore, because there's one more player I want to talk about. I know people may have thought I forgot about him, but I haven't. And I left him last for a particular reason. But real quick on Cam Whitmore. Yeah, I definitely want to give Cam Whitmore a B plus. Um, He's for what he what you need him to do. He excels at. You need him to be a scorer because the Rockets really lack scoring just overall team, but definitely coming off the bench. And like you were saying, with the points per minute, at one point he was almost at 110 minutes played and, and like 105 points scored just insane numbers that you don't even see from the best players in the league and yes i know he's playing limited minutes and, and he's efficient and he's efficient and i don't think a lot of people were expecting to be as good of a shooter as he is he's already one of the best shooters on the team and he's just like you saying when well, i mean he's just scratching the surface and then you factor in the fact that he plays above the rim something else the rockets don't have a lot of players that do on a consistent basis um i'll give him a b plus and the reason why I don't give him an A is just because on the defensive end, he doesn't really give you a lot, and he's not 
I mean, he has some, he has some fancy passes, but he's not necessarily going to go out there and give you three or four assists per game as well. So for what he brings, he does really well, and that's the scoring. But there's other categories that I know he'll approve on because he's still I – mean, he's one of the youngest players in the league. So he, he still has time to develop being a better secondary passer, being a better uh, defender. So I'll give Cam Whitmore a B plus, um, just you know, for all the stuff I just said. One more player we want to talk about before we wrap up the show, um, of course, is Jalen Green. And the reason why I left Jalen Green last because, unfortunately, he's one of the most polarizing players on the entire team. Um, I'm not going to go into all the Twitter drama that happened because I'm sure all y'all know that by now. But just overall, every single year, there's one player that you, for some reason, it seems like people really either love what he brings on the court and expect him that he can do more, or they really hate him for whatever reason. And that's unfortunate this year. That's Jalen Green. So where do you see Jalen Green this season? What grade do you give Jalen Green? And uh, kind of just what you saw from him so far. So I've told you this before, like coming into this season, Jalen was my best, my favorite player on the team because of the fact like, and and, and this is this still the most bizarre thing about Jalen Green. He had, he had that triple double and he had some really good games, you know, pretty yeah. recently. He flashes some of the highest potential on the team, but he also simultaneously flashes some of the lowest floor on the team. When, when we're talking about those core young six guys with Jabari, Cam, uh, Tari, Alperin, uh, Amin, and himself, like out of all of those guys, like I see that he can do some things that like none of those guys can do. But at the same time, I also wonder if he's ever going to actualize that potential. And that's kind of where we are right now. Um, coming into the season, uh, what we saw what he what he was doing offseason in the workouts with uh, Fred Van Vliet. We saw him working out with Kevin Durant. We saw him working out with Devin Booker. You know what I mean? He seemed like he was really focused. He had a coach for the first time. He seemed like he was going to be in a structured uh, system for the first time. I thought, to me, I thought Jalen was going to come in and probably average at least 23, 24 points a game, four rebounds, four assists on league average efficiency minimum, right? Uh, and he has been so far away from that that I'm – I'm not questioning whether or not I think he can be that kind of player. I'm just questioning at this point whether or not the Rockets will be patient enough to wait for him to do it here. And um, that's kind of where I'm at with that because, like, you get to a point where you, like, and people have been saying this, you got to start making decisions on guys um, as far as contracts and things of that nature. And so, like, if he is like, hey, I'm not going to accept this amount of money and they're trying to pay him at lower than what he thinks he's worth, you know, he – may not be a fit here and right now like if we're being honest he has not earned a rookie max he hasn't he hasn't earned a rookie max he and so if he's a guy who's going to go in the negotiations and ask for that and we don't know that this is all just conjecture then i don't think he has a place here uh because he hasn't earned that you know you, you got you have to you know it's a business and you have to earn you know you have to earn that kind of money um so for me just like i said i'm, I'm basing this on expectations He's a D for me, D, dis, and not just because um, it is, you know, D, disappointed. Um, and like I said, I want to reiterate that I still believe Jalen Green is going to be a good player. Um, I just think he needs more time. He's He came from a, a you know, AAU culture. He's a guy who just kind of like got by on being faster, uh, more explosive, uh, and, and just like being just a freak athlete. He never really had to learn how to play in a structure 
system. Even going to G League at night in retrospect was probably not what was best for him. And then we sure as hell know, like the first two years uh, here in here in Houston, uh, you know, the more that comes out about how things were, were ran and operated, you know, it didn't do him any favors either. And I'm not here trying to make excuses yeah. because obviously I just gave him a D on the season. And if I would, um, but like, I think he has improved in certain areas. Um, but like he was not drafted to be like this super rebounding shooting guard. Right. He's improved at rebounding. He's gotten a little bit better defensively. He's he's gotten better to me as a passer. I've seen him make skip passes this year that I hadn't seen him make. We know he can kind of do stuff in the pick and roll a little bit with, with you know, pocket passes and things of that nature. But, like, they drafted him to be an elite scorer, right? And then maybe he could, like, develop some of these things along the way. And the one thing that he's struggling with the most right now is scoring efficiently. Yeah. So, for me, that that's that's kind of where I am with him. I haven't given up on him. I feel like I'm one of the few who vocally are like, nah, I still believe in Jalen Green because I do. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd just be a stand and a homer if I didn't say that I didn't have any concerns right now. Yeah, so – it's a it's a weird situation with Jalen. It's like you can see how he should have a low grade, and then it's then at the same time like some of the stuff you just mentioned about about yeah I want I want to give him a, I kind of want to give him a C, but I'm kind of like I don't know and and it's, and it's tricky like you're going down that path because I think he yeah. has gotten better at a lot of things, but the the fact of the matter is we thought. And maybe he still, you know, achieves this and realizes this potential. But like we, you know, they were even saying during the draft cycle that this is a guy who is going to lead the league in scoring one day. This is a guy yeah. who is going to be a, a 30 point per game scorer. And like we see the the flashes that he can do that. But he's just so he's so dang inconsistent. And I do think that, you know, some of the things in the offense are probably not like suited, tailored for him or whatever. You know, he probably would look. You know, Mike D'Antoni, for example, was a guy who kind of like figured out how to like get the best out of every single player. However, um, when it comes down to like you're missing open open threes and you're missing layups, you know, and that kind of to me, that kind of goes to you. And we had that conversation about Jabari last year. You're like you're missing open threes and you're not finishing around the basket. And and, and that's kind of on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm leading C minus. I'm leading D. I'm leading. It's like I'm almost in between those two grades, and I don't really know if that's mm-hmm. there's no such thing as a grade between C minus and D. Right. But I mean, if if I had to just say it now, I would just say a C minus, just because he's had stretches where he's had really good, like yeah. three or four games in a row. Like he just looks like the Jalen Green Amazing. that everybody was expecting. But then you have games where he doesn't even show up at the beginning of the game, and he doesn't even play in the fourth quarter because. Because uh, M.A. doesn't believe that he's given the best chance of winning. And for you to be at that point with your second overall pick in the third season, that's concerning. I can't lie. I can't sit and say that, oh, yeah, Jalen Green's going to be fine. I have no concern. No, I have major concern when it comes to Jalen Green because you see it where he has a triple-double and he looks great. He's making shots. He's not just relying on taking step-back threes from 30 feet. He's driving to the basket hard. He's rebound and he's assisting then you see games where he's you don't even know he's on the court and it's just like it's really a lot of times there's no in between with Jalen. you see he's mm-hmm. really good or he's really bad and right. so that's why i'm kind of like in the middle of where i want to give him the grade and that's kind of where i settle on c minus and that might be a little bit high because 
it could easily go to a D D minus really easy this season if he doesn't you know start to string together more games where he's actually playing uh, really well. And I don't I don't think anybody's expecting him to go out there and be a thirty point scorer this season. We're just expecting him to go out to be more efficient and be a positive on the court and not somebody to where. M.A. is feeling like, well, I got to play Aaron Holiday over you because I think that Aaron Holiday gives me a better chance. And just to be honest, some games, that's actually the truth. That Aaron Holiday gives him a better chance of winning games than Jalen, and that's definitely a concern. But at the same time, you see the talent. You see that if he puts it together, that he can be the key to the Rockets actually still fighting for a playing spot. Because let's be honest, if this team is going to go where Jalen takes them this season, Next season, we'll see who they bring in. But this season, if Jalen takes that next step and can be more consistent, they can fight for a playing spot. But if he continues to go down the road where he doesn't even play fourth quarters because the coaches can't depend on him, then the Rockets just going to kind of just fade you know, into the 12th and 13th spot, and that's where they're going to stay. So he's really the key onto where they can go from either actually really fighting for a playing spot, because right now they're like three games out, or just being a 12th or 13th seed and being in purgatory like they kind of were in the Kyle Lowry days back in the day. So that's why I'm kind of leaning. I say C minus, but I can absolutely see people that are saying, yeah, he's definitely lower. He's a he's a D, D minus player at this point. So he's really at the breaking point, I think, of his career to where it can go either way. It can go the, the, the route of him being a career bench player or being a really good player that maybe one day can kind of, kind of slide his way into all-star consideration. I didn't say all-star, but all-star consideration. So I think right now is a really, really, really critical time for Jalen. And like you said, because with his contract is coming up really soon, I think next season the Rockets are going to, you know, they're going to, you know, match the deal or pick up his, his rookie deal where he's going to make around 12, 13 million next year. But that's when they really have to make a major decision because after that, he becomes a restricted free agent, and there's no way right now the Rockets are going to give him a max deal. That's not going to happen <laughs> during this season or during the offseason. There's zero chance that's going to happen. So he's really at a breaking point in his career right now. It can go either way right now. I'd just like to see him stop shooting as many threes. I think the games where we saw when he was really like effective, he was relentlessly attacking the basket. That's where his strengths as a player are right now. You yeah. – are faster than pretty much everybody. You're more athletic than most. Get to the basket. And I know his frame, maybe he's not, I don't know, maybe he doesn't feel like he's strong enough to consistently do that. But, like, the games that you were just talking about, he was going to the basket. Like, he was super aggressive. He was taking guys off the dribble. He was dunking on people. Like, he had that ridiculous dunk uh, on uh, DeJounte Murray. (laughs) Like, these are the things that this man can do. And it's, like, stuff that most other players in the NBA cannot do. And then he'll come out the next game and, like, all the stuff that you saw him do the previous previous night, like, he doesn't do it again. And it's kind of – is kind of confusing, you know, as a as a fan and sitting there watching it and as somebody that's trying to analyze what they're seeing, um, seeing him come out and absolutely dominate NBA players um, just through his his physical athletic gifts and then come back the next night and be passive is something that concerns me. And I wish he would just like like back before probably his rookie season and like he was really de- uh, dependent on his hot three point shooting in order to like go off so to yeah. speak and have a really good game. Like, he's not like that anymore. He can get to the basket. He can get to the free throw line. Um, I think he's 
yeah, I think he should focus less on on shooting threes and just attack the basket. And then I feel like once he starts getting, once he gets hot, like in in that area, I think you start seeing his three pointers start falling more. I, I mean, your confidence is up. You're kind of cooking, and you know, you get out there and you shoot a three, like you you know, like you're way more likely to knock that three down than you are to probably yeah. knock, you know, a spot of three down at the beginning of the game. Yeah, and the only reason I didn't give him a D because he has improved on defense. And he has gotten better as far as not letting the ball stick to him, kind of being a secondary pass and getting the ball away faster. So that's the only reason I didn't give him a give him a lower grade. But like I said, it could easily go that route because he's right in between that range of where he is really having a great games, three or four games, and then he has three or four just horrible games. So he's just like right in the middle of being – a productive player and being a bad player. He's right there right now. So that's just that's just kind of where he is um, on this team. And it's, we'll see how it, if it changes in the second half of the season. Um, that's going to do it for today's show. I hope you en- enjoy the grades. Definitely leave us some uh, – leave us your grades in the comments. If you think that certain players should have got a higher grade or lower grade or the coach or the general manager, definitely leave in the comments and let us know what you think. Uh, of course, Vader, I want to appreciate you as usual, jumping on being the co-host today. Thank you, man. Uh, appreciate you and all the hard work you're doing on the YouTube channel. Y'all tap in with everything that he's doing, the short videos, the interviews, all of that. And thank you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're going to continue to put that out, even though the Rockets won't be playing again till next week. I will be out at the OKC game on next Sunday uh when the uh, oklahoma city uh, thunder come to houston so that'll be an interesting game especially coming off of uh the games against the phoenix suns that they'll be playing before that uh so we'll i'll be out of that we'll have all the coverage all the pre and post game and like i said uh, same way. we appreciate all the support we are up over uh at now 1500 uh 1570 subscribers so we're still growing fast we definitely appreciate everybody that gives us likes and also that subscribes to the channel make sure you continue to do that because that helps us with the algorithm it helps other people see our videos so we definitely appreciate your support and make sure you check out the next episode of rocket fuel podcast